Good morning, everyone. It's good to see you, and man, wow, that was amazing, praise team. Um, you know, I kind of feel like we shouldn't even go on. I don't know. That's, that's great. Let's just, let's give them another hand. How do you follow that? Um, truly amazing. Thank you all for your... Um, leading us in worship, and I know you've practiced a lot, and uh, man, just amazing. And Bob mentioned, uh, you know, this week is Thanksgiving, and, you know, we need to be thankful, thankful people for, for many reasons, and, you know, I'm thankful for you. You know, we, Community Heights, we've got a great church here. I'm thankful for that. You know, I mean, uh, uh, a church like this is really rare uh, today, and I'm, I'm thankful for all of you. Last week, we had a great Thanksgiving lunch as a church family, and it was really good. The, the deviled eggs were on point, but they were great. Um, the food was amazing, and um, you know, thank you for that. We had a great uh, covenant members meeting, which is, you know, we, we have one each, each year. And, uh, you know, I just want to mention some things to you. Uh, Virginia Hart, who is our treasurer, has been for many years. She's retiring. And, uh, you know, so um, Kelly Lowry, Bob's wife, is going to be our new treasurer. So first of all, let's give Virginia a hand. And you don't know how thankful I am for her. Um, but I'm tremendously thankful, and let's, let's wish Kelly, uh, you know, let's welcome her as well. And then we have a, a board member uh, change, and so each year a board member rotates off, and Barry Ellswick, who has, he's not here this morning, um, but he's, he's been involved in leadership here for a long, long time. Um, he rotated off this year, and Buck Ray will be uh, a new board member serving a three-year term, so let's welcome Buck back. <laughs> and, um, you know, when you see Barry, he'll probably be here next week. Just tell him thanks for all he's done. Uh, man, we are, we are really blessed here at Community Heights. Um, another reason that we have to be thankful for is that we have a God who is good. Man, that is amazing, right? We don't have a God who is bad. We have a God who is good. We have a God who is loving. We have a God who is mighty. We have a God who provides and protects. That is our God. And uh, I want to spend some time talking to you about this today. We need to be thankful because we have a God who wants to be our refuge. Our refuge. I want to start with this statement here. The Lord is a refuge. The Lord is a refuge. Um, we've been in this series now for a while called The Word, and we're looking at the Bible really through a new lens, so to speak. Not just something to read, not just something we think we're supposed to do because it's the church thing, it's the Christian thing, but remember this, there's something different about this. The Word is, it's living, it's active, right? It's supernatural, and so we need to really long for it. We need to value it. 
God is found in it. It's his words. And what so many times the word tells us is that God is a refuge. He's a refuge. Psalm 9-9 says this, The Lord is a refuge for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble. Now, when I use the word refuge, you have an idea of what that means, don't you? We all have an idea of what a refuge uh, means, a place of safety, a place of security, a place where you can maybe get protection and maybe get rest and maybe regain your strength. Or maybe, you, you know, you're just seeking shelter for, for a period of time. Um, refuge in, in the Bible means that, but it means a lot more. And before we get into us, I want us to look together at the importance of refuge found in the Word, in God's Word, okay, in the Bible. And so I'm going to do some setting up here, so just bear with me. Uh, when, you, when the word refuge is used, it's used in the Old Testament except for one time. Okay, so 89 times the word is used, 88 times it's in the Old Testament. Very, very interesting. And so uh, let me, let me um, paraphrase this for you, okay? So let's say you're a, a family, right? And families really live together for generations in the Old Testament. And um, one of your family members got killed, right? Well, you would get together as a family and you would select a person to be the Avenger. Now, does that sound cool? Like the Terminator. So you're gonna, your, your clan is going to get together and, and the person that has been killed in your family you designate someone, it's, got, it's going to be a guy in this, and that's the way they did it, but, but the man, they would select a man to be the avenger, and it was his sole responsibility to avenge the death of their family member. Okay? Now, let's say that you uh, were operating and, and you, you accidentally killed someone. Right? Now, what would you do? What were the protections for you? Hey, before the refuge was established, it, there were no laws. It was like living in the Old West, right? Tombstone type stuff. You know, it didn't matter if you were guilty or innocent. You just, they, you just killed whoever you want. Well, in order to protect his people, God established this idea of refuge. And he... he called the people of Israel to establish cities or towns of refuge, and they would be designated these places of refuge. And so when, you know, you would encounter this type of thing, the person that accidentally killed someone, they could go to these cities of refuge and be safe from the avenger. Right? You could, you could not be touched inside the place of refuge. If you think this is wild, it's in the Bible. Okay, And as the people of God were making their way into the promised land, all right, so God gave, you, you know God promised 12 tribes of Israel this certain land, okay, and, and area, but no land for the Levites. The Levites were the priests. Instead, God gave the priest 48 towns, 48 smaller 
areas, and out of those 48, he wanted six to be designated cities of refuge. And so that's what they did. And I want you to see this in Numbers 35, verse 9. The Lord said to Moses, Speak to the Israelites and say to them, When you cross the Jordan into Canaan, select some towns to be your cities of refuge to which a person who has killed someone accidentally may flee. Wow. And so the idea is, 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 hey, you know, you run over somebody with a cart. I don't know. You hit somebody with a rock accidentally. I don't know. But the whole idea is for protection of the person that did not intentionally kill someone. And they were established, these cities of refuge, and geographically, uh, they, they were located within close proximity of one another so that you could be anywhere in the nation of Israel and the whole idea is you can be close to one of these cities or towns of refuge and you could get there really quickly and you needed to get there because the avenger was coming after you. It goes on in verse 12. They will be places of refuge from the avenger so that anyone accused of murder may not die before they stand trial before the assembly. So these places, they, the person could flee there and they could, they could be safe and they would, they would get justice right. They would go through a trial and things like that. And then 20, verse 26, but if, notice this, if the accused ever goes outside the limits of the city of refuge to which they fled, and the avenger of blood finds them outside the city, the avenger of blood may kill the accused without being guilty of murder. How important was the city of refuge to the accused? Life or death to that person, right? This is very interesting to me. I don't, I don't want to spend you know, any more time on, on introducing that to you. But if you want to read more about it, you can read it, obviously, in Numbers 35, but also Joshua 20 and Deuteronomy talks about these cities of refuge and why they were established. But so that's where it started. And over time, the refuge, this whole idea of refuge became popular among God's people. It became known as a, uh, a safe place for the Lord's people to gather in his name for protection when they go through difficulty. Now let me read Psalm 9-9 again. The Lord is a refuge for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble. Hmm. The truth for you and I today is the Lord is a refuge. That place that you go to in times of trouble. The word, the word also tells us that in this Life in this world, there will be trouble. Very clearly. And some of you know that. And some of you are experiencing that today. And where are you going? Where are you running to? How does this concept apply to us today? Um, I got just a few things I want to share with you. I won't, I won't be talking to you long this morning. But first of all, you need to do this. You need to run to the refuge. You need to run. All right, so if you look back at the concept of the refuge in the Old Testament, the accused, all right, 
didn't have time to mess around. Didn't have time to wait. Right? You, because someone was coming after you. The avenger was coming after you. You had to make haste. You need to act with urgency. And so for you and I, if, if you're going through a difficult time, you need to know what you need to do, right? What, what do most people do? What do most of us do? A lot of times we ignore the difficult situations. We don't even, we don't even think they're real sometimes. We just blow them off. Know what you need to do, and that takes wisdom. It takes wisdom and humility to say, look, th this isn't right. I'm not right. I'm not good. This is happening in my life. Something, something needs to happen. It takes awareness of your own life. Don't, if you're going through a difficult situation, do not blow that off. Don't blow it off. It'll get worse, and your life will continue to crash right? Notice Proverbs 22 through, I love this. The prudent see danger and take refuge. I mean, they see it. The prudent, they see it. They're aware of it. They see the danger and they act immediately. They take refuge. But notice this, the simple keep going and pay the penalty. Anybody been there? Where you just ignore it and you just like, you know, God's wanting you to run to him and you just ignore it and you keep going. Well, guess what? Eventually you will pay the penalty for that. Man. So you need to know what you need to do and then you need to know where to go. Know where to go. You know, many times, so this idea of refuge in the Lord, I feel like is foreign to us almost. And many times the Lord is the last place that we, the last person we go to. You know, we run to friends, we run to family, we confide in coworkers, and we turn to the internet for solutions. You can find anything on YouTube, I have found. <laughs> you know, we turn to medicine. We turn to drugs or alcohol. Sometimes we don't do anything, and we just internalize and internalize and internalize, and some time later we find ourselves in depression. In times of trouble, you need to know where to go. Psalm 118, verse 8. It's better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in humans. It's better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in princes. And I just feel like the Lord is trying to like open our eyes today, this morning. And what he's saying here is it's not bad to, to take refuge or to, to reach out to, to people, especially doctors or friends. To, that, that's all beneficial. But notice here, it's better the refuge of the Lord is primary. And many times, it's the last place that we go to. Man, he needs, he needs to be the primary source 
for us, our primary refuge to help. We run to him first. Second thing, not only need to run to the refuge, we need to remain in the refuge. Remain. Now here's where it's going to get really uh, convicting. This is convicting for me. All right, so if, if we put this back in context, the Old Testament idea of refuge, the accused had to stay within the city for a certain period of time, right? You got that from reading it, right? If he stepped outside, it could be game over for him. He had to stay within the city for a certain period of time. It was until he could stand trial and, and until the high priest, the current one, had died. Then he could go free. A lot of imagery there to Jesus, by the way. But remain in the refuge. You know, we like to be in and out, don't we? That's how I like to do my Christmas shopping. Like, I'm in and I'm out. You know, I don't know anybody who likes to just spend hours or days Christmas shopping. Maybe a couple of you. <laughs> you know, I was uh, went by Chick-fil-A up in Bluefield um, a couple of days ago, and, you know, they got this drive-by or drive-through line. I'm not sure what you call it, but they were just lined up, and they are sitting there waiting. And I was thinking about getting in it. I'm like, no. I parked. I walked in. I got my order, and the same car that was in the front was still there. And I just waved at them, you know. I'm like in and out. Uh, so this is what convicted me, because I'm like that way with God. You see, because I know God. I believe in God. I know, here's what I know. I know that God is so powerful, and he knows everything, that I can take my problem, and I can drop it off at his feet, and leave it, and walk away. I'm in, and I'm out. That's true, isn't it? Do you believe that? There's a problem with that. That's not refuge. It's not that I'm wrong. It's just that's not what God wants. Right? Notice Psalm 91 verse 1. Whoever dwells, right? Not whoever visits. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High, will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. Notice all the personal pronouns here. My refuge, my fortress, my God, in whom I trust. That's a little bit different than just God. Here, I got this. All right, thank you. I trust you. See you later. Man, it takes takes humility to trust and to remain in the refuge. And look, listen here. Run to the refuge. You remain how long? As long as you need to. As long as you need to. Here's what we do. Drop it off to God. We say, God, I'm good. I'm good now. God says, you're not really good. Here's what we do. We go to God and spend some time in prayer. And Okay, God, I'm, I'm ready now. 
And God says, you're not ready yet. I need more time with you. Man, you need just a little bit longer with me. I love Psalm 91.4. He will cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you will find refuge. And so when you think about this, I mean, you literally, like, you're, you're covering your, yourself, your life, under the refuge of the Lord. And honestly, man, and Chad can, can tell you, I had dozens of Bible verses. Like, I, you know, and by the time you start going through the week, you've got to start trimming. Or otherwise, we're here for two hours. Okay? And that was an option this week, by the way. Um. And so I'm like, how do I pick? Which one do I choose? Because I like them all. I like them all. And so I'm struggling with this. And, and so I go home, and, and it was on one of these cold nights this past week. And, you know, I'm making a fire for some wood. I, I chopped earlier, you know, feeling real manly, whatever. And, and I look up, and there's this picture here. I've got a picture of uh, this little thing. It's right on my fireplace, and it was a gift from somebody. I can't remember who. Um, Angela, you remember who? Was it my mom or somebody? Anyway, you know, it's right there, like literally a foot away from me, and I'm struggling with what? And there it is. God, okay, I'm listening. I'm going to use this, but I love the way that the Bible takes this turn from cities of refuge, this, this like literal town, to talking and using this imagery of, birds and and eagles and stuff like that and when you think about it you know baby birds and things like that they they need to be under the care of their parents for a certain period of time certain period of time and before we moved man i'm just having the time of my life i'm turning into this like wildlife expert all of a sudden and so i got a couple of pictures here to share with you i've never seen an eagle, like, personally. I went to Dollywood and saw him, like everybody else. But we've got a pet, bald eagle. Who has that? And so, you know, I've been taking these pictures, and I'm not a professional. This is with an iPhone, by the way. Um, and, and so we've got this, this bald eagle, and we've named her Liberty, okay? And so, like, she lets me get, like, close to her sometimes and so i've taken these pictures and i've printed them off and now we've got them framed and in, in in her house but oh man just you know I'm, I'm loving her babies stay under the care of their parents wings until it's time for them to go out on their own and you know it doesn't work out well for them if they leave early or if they try to fly early. I've seen these videos, don't talk, <laughs> animal point of these birds trying to fly too early and they just fall like 30 feet to the ground and it's terrible to watch. You stay there as, until you're ready, right? Mm. Psalm 57, 1. Have mercy on me, my God. Have mercy on me. Some of you might be there today. For in you I take refuge. I will take refuge in the shadow of your wings. Notice this. How long? 
until disaster has passed. What season is that in your life? I don't know. How long is that season in your life? I don't know. But the idea is, is that you stay in the refuge until the disaster has passed. When we think about this idea of the cover of the wings or the shadow of the wings, man, it's beautiful. But what it represents is that's how close you are to the Lord. Close. Intimate. You're allowing Him to put His wings around you. And here's one thing I know about birds. They did not they do not go to the babies. Right? They got the nest and the babies come to them. Close. Man. That tells us refuge is found in relationship, folks. Psalm seventeen eight. It's not on the screen, but this is one of the verses that uh, you all submitted. Keep me as the apple of your eye. Hide me in the shadow of your wings. You know, the apple of your eye is a weird phrase, right? Um, the, the Hebrew word means pupil. Keep me the pupil of your eye. And it literally means the reflection of the pupil of the eye. All right, so l- let me explain this in terms you can understand. You ever been so close to somebody, if you look in their pupil, you can see yourself? That's what it means. That verse is saying, God, keep me this close. Keep your gaze and your affection and your attention upon me. You know, if you look at somebody in in their pupil and you can see your own reflection, you need to know that that person is paying attention to you. Like you're, you're the only one on their mind at that moment. Relationship. So stay in the refuge as long as needed. You look, and God does have things he wants you to do in the world. He's got a kingdom that he is building, and he wants you to be a part of it. But you're not going to do very much good, man, if you're not remaining in the refuge long enough. Right? So the idea is, is that you, you go in and you, you live in his wings under the shadow of, of his wings, and you take refuge in him until you're ready, and then you, get, you go back out. Third thing, I'm going to close with this. Very important, okay? Return to the refuge. Return. Unlike birds who, right, they leave and they never come back type of thing, children of God need to return to the refuge throughout this life. Return, return, return. Psalm 61 says this, verse 2. From the end of the earth, Right, And that is a phrase for uh, a person that's not in a good place. Right? And maybe you've been there where you felt like you're just the furthest away on this planet that you could be. Right? From the end of the earth, I, I call to you when my heart is faint. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I, for you have been my refuge a strong tower against the enemy. Let me dwell in your tent forever. Let me take refuge under the shelter of your wings. You know why I like this section of scripture here? It's David writing this. And he it involves the past and it involves the present. 
and you can see what he's saying here. He's encountering a difficult time in his life, and he's struggling here. And he's recalling another difficult time in his past. And he remembers when he took refuge in the Lord, and he's seeking it again. And the truth is, we never get to the point where we lose need of seeking refuge in the Lord. We never get religious or mature enough to where we graduate from needing to seek refuge in the Lord. You return. You return. Look, that's what the Lord wants, for you to run to him when you need refuge, to remain in the refuge until you are strengthened, ready, and the difficult difficulty has passed. And then the next time you need to, when the next difficulty comes, the next time your heart grows faint, the next time that you are at the end of the earth and you feel that way, he wants you to run back to him to return. couldn't help but think of refuge mentioned so heavily in the Old Testament and not a whole lot in the New Testament. The only answer that we could, Chad and I brainstormed a little bit, the only thing that really seemed obvious is Jesus. Right? Jesus. So, you know, Thought it was interesting that there were six only, you know, six cities designated. When you look at Jesus, he would be the seventh. You know, perfection, completion. And then when you start seeing what Jesus said, you know, come to me, find rest. Right, it just starts coming together. thought about this verse as Jesus is approaching Jerusalem on his way to the cross and he's lamenting he's looking at Jerusalem and what it could have been and what you know what God intended for it, it to be and it never turned out that way because the people wouldn't listen but here's the thing they would not take refuge in the Lord And it broke his heart. It's amazing to me that that's what God wants for you and me today. Matthew 23, verse 37. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those sent to you. Notice this. How often I have longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings. Here's what, here's what just... And you were not willing. Not willing. And I feel like that's where we're at today. So many people. And it's not like in a um, like rebellious type way. It's almost like in a, we're just ignoring God. I'm good. I'm good. I don't need you. I can take care of this. I've been through these things before, and God's saying, no, no, no. Come to me. I know what's best for you. I know what you need. 
be willing. You know, as you go through difficult seasons in life, let me ask you this. Who are you seeking refuge in? Seek refuge in the Lord. And practically speaking, you know, I don't know what your life looks like. And I don't know what seeking refuge in the Lord looks like for you. It's going to be different for everyone. Sure, it involves prayer. Sure, it involves Bible reading. What it mainly involves is your relationship with the Lord. And that's what you want to focus on. Now, I don't know if it means spending more time in prayer. I don't know if it means like literally like putting him primary above everything else in your life through that season. But the point is, is that you focus and you make an intentional effort to focus on your relationship with the Lord. I don't know if you've ever been down on your knees in prayer. Maybe it's that. I don't know if you've ever prayed more than a few times a day. Hey, maybe you, it's more. I don't know, maybe if you set aside a week where you just simply focus on reading God's word and spending time with him. I don't know. It's going to be different for every one of you. The point is, is that God wants you to run to him because the Lord is a refuge. And as you focus on your relationship with him, you'll find the refuge that you need. Let's pray. God, I thank you for today. I thank you that your word teaches us that you are a refuge, God. And we all go through difficult seasons in this life, through difficulties and challenges, trials and hardships. God, is so encouraging and life-changing to know that you are our refuge that you provide a safe place for us to go, that you are the protection that we need. You are the source of strength when we are weak. God, help us to run to you when we need to, to have humility and not try to accomplish things all on our own and on our own strength, but recognize that you are our refuge. God, help us to remain with you as long as we need to, not just to visit you and then leave, but God, just to dwell in your tent, to hide under the shadow of your wings, God, until you're ready for us to leave. And God, as we move on and as we go through more seasons in life and as we experience uh, some success and some, some failures, God, through those changes, God, help us to realize that there's a rhythm, there's a rhythm to, to the refuge. We run, we remain, and we return. God, you're so good. You take care of us. We thank you. We love you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.